Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozer Jamari, and today I'm joined by your neural nutritionist, Sam. As our, I is it emeritus? No, that's not right. Oh, uh, like uh, what? Do, do I get tenure? Yes, you have <laughs> tenure as an ongoing professional. Well, you started with such humble origins on this podcast, and here you are continuing to be on it. It's not even like <laughs> you've been that long. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right, Sam. As you probably know, because we've watched through all of it, season three of The Good Place dropped on Netflix. <gasps> yes, it did. And it was so freaking good. It was. Oh, oh so good. But in, in episode nine, there was a throwaway line that was like... I couldn't stop thinking about it, and that is like the entire premise of today's episode, is in the episode, Michael basically finds out that no one has gotten into the good place for 521 years. Also, for everyone listening, massive good place spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, maybe you should say spoiler alert? <laughs> all right, here's the thing, though. The like episode dropped in 2018, and every episode of The Good Place is implied to take place in like a real world facsimile. Yeah. Like literally 2018, December, what was it? December 6th, 2018, when the Janet's season three, episode nine episode dropped. That exact, it's supposed to be like that date, that time. Yeah, yeah, because it's supposed to be like in our world, yeah. Now he says, no one's gotten into the good place for 521 years. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that line now, yeah. What was 521 years ago? I'll tell you because I did the math. 2018 minus 521 is 1497 AD. 1497. Now, something important happened in 1492 that kind of Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And he sucks. (laughs) Anyone (laughs) who doesn't know, Columbus was like the, like, as much as history books want to teach us that he was like this great man who discovered America, he didn't discover anything. Leif Erikson discovered America before he did. And also he basically was like the, what's the term? Forerunner, arbiter, guy who started, kicked off enslaving and horrible things for indigenous people. We're going to get into some real stuff in this episode. Yeah. He came, he accidentally came over here and then decided just to like mess with indigenous people all the time. And so, yeah, not a great person. See, that's the thing is he says no one's gotten into the good place for 521 years. and And that's it. They glance over this one detail and I need to talk about it because there is so much buried in that one comment okay let me guess so what we're gonna talk about is why 521 years ago specifically and what would have been the shift so is that what we're getting at yeah the big thing here is is columbus comes to the new world right Mm -hmm. and as a product of that basically what we consider to be european westerners come to the new world and they are famous for a uh, few few hobbies they had around that time, such as enslaving indigenous populations or anyone they considered to be less civilized, forcing those same people to produce goods in the colonies for consumption by the monarchs, ruling class, and eventually common folk. Things like tobacco. Yeah, um, sugar, sugarcane, cotton. Oh, yeah, cotton. Of course, cotton. And then... Um, you know, they also had a lot of fun doing genocides. They like genocide. They did <laughs> genocides. It was like a thing they did. Oh my God. A lot of fun. Yep. <laughs> fun for all parties who were not literally everyone who wasn't a white European Westerner. Yeah. Fun for all parties, except not really. Fun for only one specific party. 
And and that's the thing is this moment in history is actually a really interesting moment to examine because it's the moment that we can confidently say there was no hidden landmass. The entire world has now effectively started to touch each other. The people who are colonizing the world are finding all the places in the world to colonize. Their reach and influence is literally now affecting every corner of the globe. Um, when... When did Australia become a thing? If I recall, it happened way sooner. You know what? I could probably look that up. Thanks for making me look this up in the middle of the episode. Sixteen oh six. The Dutch discovered Australia in sixteen oh six. Okay, so it was almost everything, except yeah. for the one big Australia continent and we're gonna, Yeah, and I'm going to get to like why that separation is actually a significant addition to the other notes I actually had. But let me, let me just kind of run through why this is so significant. Is like it, two episodes later, again, more spoilers, we <laughs> find out that unintended consequences play a big role in why people aren't getting into the good place, right? Okay, yeah, and real quick, in case anyone's listening to this episode and like, decides that oh i'm okay with spoilers and like oh i just want to listen to this fun episode because i like listening to it and i don't really want to watch the good place anytime soon uh let's explain what the good place is so for anyone who doesn't know the good place is the premise that when you're on earth you score points for every single action you take on earth and when you die you either all those points are tallied up and you either have enough points to go to heaven the good place or hell the bad place yeah so like Helping someone or um, giving someone a gift, that'll give you good points. And then, but other things would, you know, uh, lying to someone or hurting them, those would be negative points. And so it balances out. And then when your final point total is when you die, that determines if you're in the good place or the bad place. And in one very unique case, the medium place. Yes. <laughs> this, this is actually incredible because this is like a thing that they dance around the entire show. So... Mm-hmm. Really, what the show is, is like they tricked you into learning everything about moral philosophy, which is probably the best outcome. But the the show dances around this uh, mechanic for people who live on Earth, which is every action you take, you score or lose points. And in this season, in season three, they actually give us a real taste of it because it shows how the accounting office actually does the accounting of these points. Oh, yeah. They actually go into like specific examples of where... Someone gained points, but then lost them for these reasons. And it's all the same action, pretty much. And they even point out that basically a dude who lived, what was it, 500 years apart, the first guy would pick flowers from his own garden and give them to his mom and scored like 125 points. Mm -hmm. A similar dude in the future, like now, bought flowers for his mother for like Mother's Day or something. Logically, getting flowers for someone should score them the same number of points. But the unintended consequences meant that, like, now you have a carbon footprint. And also those flowers were harvested by, like, enslaved people or something. in the or, uh, Yeah, migrant workers with terrible conditions. And mm-hmm. then also grown on organic soil and all that. So it's all of these unintended factors that pretty much because of our society today, we just can't avoid realistically. Those are scoring so many negative points that no one is getting into the good place. And that's the that's kind of what's important about 1492 is this is the time where like eventually european countries decide that they're going to end slavery 
but they don't mm-hmm. end slavery in all their colonies. They end slavery like in France or in Britain, but all their colonies continue to have slaves that are making cotton, making tobacco, making whatever. Oh yeah, they they end slavery amongst themselves. So it's like yeah, like we're civilized, but our uncivilized colonies can continue to be uncivilized, so we can live this great luxurious luxurious life. Yeah, and definitely the idea of like oh we don't see the atrocities, so they're not apparent. Like that's a definite, it's <laughs> a definite way to remove yourself of the situation of like, yeah, I know these bad things are happening, but I don't see them happening. So I don't actually feel bad about them because I'm not really realizing those consequences. Exactly. And that's why 1492 is so critical is they say no one has gone into the good place. No one has netted positive enough to get into the good place since 1492 mm-hmm. or not 1492, 1497, because uh, yeah. here's the thing about human society you might not appreciate. We have actually become very specialized over time. Like before, if you were, let's say you had a rose garden, you were also growing your own potatoes and stuff. Like you basically had a communal way of producing goods. Mm-hmm. As we continue to become more specialized as a society and relied on goods that we couldn't even grow locally just because of the local climate, we relied on getting our goods from somewhere else. So even if you are a British family who's making growing their own potatoes and carrots and whatever, you're probably still consuming sugar and tobacco, right? Oh, yeah. And the economy became a lot more global. Like even mm-hmm. actually it was... Yeah, pretty much back then is when that happened is because then you were different areas were able to specialize in different things. And so you could import and export goods. And that's how you got your goods. And you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to waste resources on building something or growing something that weren't going to grow well or be built well in that area. Yeah. And so in one way, what's genius about this line is they're saying that 521 years ago or however many years ago you really want to say the net total suffering caused by the amount of oppression and just human suffering and human capital that went into making like not necessarily everything you consumed, but enough of the things you consumed that it produced a net negative that like this line is basically saying like for 500 something years, we've entered an era where almost no human being on the planet can be free of this cost in unintended consequences. Yeah, I mean, you have all your textiles coming from cotton <laughs> and like, <laughs> and other sugar from sugarcane. And then I'm trying to connect this because I'm trying to connect this to the Eastern world. But when would the Silk Road be happening also in that time? And so, when there I, be trade going in that direction as well? Oh, and, and then India. Well, here's the here's where the flip side of that comment comes in. This is what I didn't actually appreciate about that comment is they're saying for 521 years, no one's gotten into a good place. But even when Christopher Columbus discovers the new world and Europeans come over starting to take over everything, mm-hmm. you still have indigenous groups. Like we just said, 1606, the Dutch discover Australia, which means that yeah, for all that time, right. yeah, like for all that time, there were people in Australia just chilling, doing their own thing. So were none of them being chill enough to get into the good place or... There are still indigenous tribes in parts of the world that we're still barely finding today mm-hmm. that are living completely, quote unquote, off the grid. And are we saying that their behavior, even though it technically falls into the category of like people who are from before 521 years ago, why, why are they just blanket left out of everything? Yeah, that's a very good point. Why would these why would these secluded nuclear areas suddenly not be doing great unless they were always not being included? And what's the implication of that? Yeah, and then there's also just the fact that like there are still people who live in modern society. Like 
I hate to use this example, but think of like a monk or a nun in a convent where they grow their own food yeah. and they're spending all their time trying to like those places used to basically be medical centers where people were brought to be healed by the power of God. And also like they grew their, they tried to be as self-sustaining as possible. And so now we're saying that like these people who've taken on a holy mission to help pe better people, I'm sure there were plenty of times where they didn't really pull that off, but surely <laughs> there must've been one or two of them that was so good that even in the 521 years since they should have been able to get into the good place. I don't know. Yeah, I think of a monk or a nun or someone just living a pious life and not having real interaction with the outside world. So not having these unintended consequences. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and another thing that kind of comes out of this is when it comes to the way the point system is, it's, it's like a literal point system, right? Yeah. You have to score literal integer points to get enough to get into the good places. Like they describe it as kind of like being this weird netting where in the case of Mindy St. Clair, she was technically hypothetically supposed to net enough good points to be the first person to almost make it into the good place in 520 something years. Mm -hmm. But here's the weird thing to me is like, as more of your daily life incorporated more questionable, unintended consequences, interactions, how how was that like like you would have to be able to see like a distribution of all the points all the people typically earned at any one given time right okay over time as more of the world became integrated and more oppression went into the things we consumed that chart would start sliding to show that like the average the the average point totals would start going down right like that that's just how it worked for a while people were doing good and then they weren't yeah so why didn't more people not end up in the medium place? Like, why was this lady in, what was it, the 90s, 80s, or 90s, the first and only person to create a medium place? Yeah, and in her example, it was because it was, because it was I think, a very specific incident that happened at the exact same time. So I'm trying to remember what it was, but I think she created something that would have done a lot of good, but it also... No, no, man, she, what was it? She literally, like, she is in a coke-fueled, I don't know, like... Yeah, coke-fueled rage. Yeah, and somehow comes up with, like, the final ultimate system by which humanity can be, like, completely self-realized and this incredible embodiment of all of our best ideals... And she writes it all down and puts it in a form to be sent off. And then I think like she has a heart attack and dies and also her house burns down. So no one ever finds it. Yeah, that would, that's what it was. So in that one act, she gained so many points that it outdid all of the other stuff to get her into the medium place. And I'm going to guess the medium. Oh, well now it goes into the question of what point total is the medium place? Well, that's the thing. She would have netted so many points up. That she should have gotten into the good place. Mm -hmm. But because it was never realized, she never technically could have gotten those points. So this was, and this is another fun thing they bring up, is they actually show how the accountants handle a new thing, something that's never happened before. So maybe she was the first person to ever invent a way to properly solve all of humanity's problems. Yeah. And because this had never happened before, they had to consolidate this by saying like, all right. She should have netted this positive, but we'll never know what happened because the world played out like this. So we'll say like she was good enough to get in the good place, but 
none of that goodness actually went out into the world. So those points are hypothetical points that land her in the medium place. Yeah, yeah. And the medium place is just something special they created because she was a very special case. And so it's like a holdover area. So Mm -hmm. and it's... And it's, it's funny how things are just like medium. It's like you get a little good and you get a little bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like their version of purgatory, even though I think they already have another version of purgatory. Do they really? I, I don't know. I don't really <laughs> remember. There's a lot of stuff that happens in that show, and I'm really excited to see season four. But I'm probably going to have to wait till Netflix brings that up. Anyway, that, that's kind of a lot of what I want to talk about in this episode was just that comment is excellent writing. And I realized I had to be like, like, that's the kind of writing they do all over the show, right? Oh, like, yeah. Because there is a quantifiable way to do this. That means there's a quantifiably best person who's ever lived and a quantifiably worst person who's ever lived. And they're also very dis- able to be very descriptive of like every single detail of the universe. So in this one comment, they somehow introduced a really mind-blowing revelation about the world we live in and how our society has developed over, well, probably the entirety of human civilization, but especially in the last five or six centuries. And then at the same time, that comment was so curt that it just discredited and discounted so many other groups to imply that they were not worthy, even though they probably were standing on their own for that whole time. I feel like this just has a lot of implications about the good place in general. Not that they weren't already there, because the show makes it all the time. But of like, like, is the good place just has a bias to it? Well, I mean, that was kind of the other thing we learned. It wasn't necessarily that it has a bias, but it's just like so... It's one of those places where everyone thinks that they're so good that there can't possibly be a problem. Mm, yeah. To the point where they're even going to drag their feet to solve a real problem with real like evidence for it. So it's I think it's one of those cases. It's like no one is intentionally doing anything wrong, but because enough people aren't doing something right, it doesn't matter. It's still bad. So the good place isn't all that good. Maybe the good place was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> And on that note... (laughs) It is time to end. Sam, would you like to add anything before we sign off? You can follow me on Instagram at lil.baby.banshee. That is L-I-L dot baby dot banshee. And you can subscribe to my new food blog called The Sampler. You can find it at thesampler.blog. And if you're thinking, wow, this show is so great, I'd like to leave a review for it, please do. But more importantly... Go find someone you think would enjoy learning a little more about what incredible writing goes into a good place. Or maybe the incredible weird atrocities that have suffered man for the past God knows how long. And force this episode on them. Sit them down. Put earbuds into their ears and play this episode yeah go up to your coworker who you know is just sitting in one place and talking to that other coworker and talking about the good place and what they just saw on netflix and then you run up to them with this episode loaded up and you put them headphones on their head and say listen to this and press play do you hear that do you hear that cheering that's your coworkers realizing you're the coolest person in the office for listening to this podcast <laughs> you're welcome I wonder how many good points we just got for making this episode and putting this good vibes out into the world. A billion. A billion good points. This is what gets us into the middle place. Yes. (laughs) Till then, I'm Cameron. And I'm Sam. Reminding you, from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth... Sweating the small stuff. But so good, right? A good place, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.